time at home. You got it, didn't you? So this year for Lent, you'll probably pick something different than that. Wanted to let everyone know we still have these signs uh, that say, we love healthcare workers, has our church name on them. We have them out here in this entrance. We would love for you to take one home, to have, you can put it in your yard, let the healthcare workers in our community know how much we love and appreciate them. We are back in the sanctuary on Sunday mornings uh, for celebration and traditional service. That's also still available online online as well. 
And as you can see, our kids and youth are back in person on Wednesday nights, and we've been having a great, great time. Uh, if you don't know Catherine Barnes, she is the children's director, and she is awesome. Catherine, raise your hand just so you see who you are. Catherine's awesome, for those of you who might not know her. Um, she's been doing an awesome job. Um, and also want to say, Pastor Sam has an awesome Bible study on Wednesday nights. Uh, so be sure to join next week for that as well. Um, and that is all the announcements I have for you today. Thank you, Pastor Andy. Let's hear for Pastor Andy. He does a great job with the youth, too. Yeah, I know that if you're watching at home, you're probably uh, sitting on your couch applauding Pastor Andy right now. So uh, he appreciates that. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you all being here. I'm not 100% sure with, with everybody wearing a mask, but I think that's my friend Harry right there. I think he's uh, long time no see. Good to see you. It is good to see you, and I'm glad that you're worshiping with us from home on this Ash Wednesday. We're going to, to start uh, this night by uh, singing one of everybody's all-time favorite hymns, and that is How Great Thou Art. And so would you join with us, and I'll bet you if you're at home, you can uh, follow along with the words, and you probably know this one by heart, but let's... Um, before we do that, we're going to open with a prayer. Uh, this is a special Ash Wednesday prayer. It is, is found in our hymnal on page 353. The words are going to be up there for you on the screen, I do believe. Um, so let's, let's open with our Ash Wednesday prayer. And let's, uh, let's say this together uh, out loud. Would you repeat this prayer with me? Oh God, maker of everything and judge of all that you have made. From the dust of the earth you have formed us, and from the dust of death you would raise us up. By the redemptive power of the cross, create in us clean hearts and put within us a new spirit that we may repent of our sins and lead lives worthy of your calling. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. And now let's stand together and sing, How Great Thou Art.
Thank you. Please be seated. As we have this time of prayer, I want to invite you to give us your prayer requests. You can email, uh, email us at the church. You can, can contact us. You can put it through the comments of our Facebook page. But we uh, will promise to pray for you because that's important to support each other in that way. We, are, uh, we, we love to show our, our love and care for our whole community, for our church family, and for those in the community. I want to commend our, our missions team uh, who's about to, uh, to show some, some love to the ICU workers at, uh, at both of our hospitals, our community hospitals. We're just taking them some food. Just telling them how much we appreciate them and how much we love them. And we've got some little posters with little sticky notes that, that say we love them. Um, I, I love loving the community in the name of Christ. That's what we do. Uh, tonight, if you have not received one of these little black stickers, will you raise your hand and let one of our ushers uh, give you one if you haven't gotten your little sticker? This is our Ash Wednesday service, and normally we would be imposing ashes on everyone's foreheads uh, because of uh, what we've been dealing with for the last 11 months. We're not doing that. We're doing this with little stickers. And this, uh, at the appropriate time, is something that we'll just put on our forehead as a way to mark this beginning of the season of Lent. And that's... That's what this is all about, is, is marking this journey and being intentional about walking these steps with Jesus uh, as we head toward Easter. I would like to ask you now, if you will, to, to join me in a time of prayer, and then at the end of this prayer, we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer. Gracious God, we gather tonight to mark the beginning uh, of a journey it is a journey that will lead us uh, to resurrection, to the joy and the celebration of Easter. But before we get there, Lord, we're going to walk with you through the wilderness for 40 days. We know that this journey will require us to do some self-reflection and some self-sacrifice we know that this journey will call on us to remember our own mortality and to repent, to change our direction when we need to, Lord. We know that this journey will take us with you even through the cross, that by dying to ourselves, we will live a new life in you. Help us, Lord, as we walk on this journey when we get discouraged give us encouragement when we need help give us help lord help us to see the ways that we can help others to be your hands and your feet in ministry now tonight lord we pray that you would teach us the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. Our scripture tonight comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 19. And I want to invite you to follow along with me uh, here in our sanctuary or follow along with me at home. Or just, just listen. Sometimes it's nice just to, to listen and to try to hear it as if we are hearing it for the first time. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who's a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so... How many of you were singing that little song in your head, Zacchaeus was a wee little man? I, I know, I, every time I read that story, I, I see that. I even do the little motions, right? Um, but here we're reading it on Ash Wednesday, at the beginning of a 40-day journey. And we are literally in a moment going to, going to mark the beginning uh, of this journey. Uh, I don't know if you've ever wondered how this curious practice got started. Uh, it, it used to be that in the Old Testament, ashes and sackcloth were a sign of repentance, and it, it goes back to several places in the Old Testament, and notably to the prophet Jeremiah and the prophet Isaiah and even Daniel, which we're studying on Wednesday nights. Now, we'll, we're going to get to a place where we see that sackcloth and ashes is a part of, of repentance. Now, I didn't ask everybody to wear their sackcloth tonight, but I guess we could do sackcloth masks. Do you think maybe we'll do that for next year? Uh, but maybe we won't even have to wear a mask next year. Wouldn't that be great? Um, but in the book of, of Jonah is where I really think about repentance and ashes and sackcloth because when, when Jonah reluctantly went and made his little sermon to Nineveh, it says that, that the whole place, the whole city of Nineveh repented with sackcloth and ashes, and they even put ashes on the animals. The, that's how, how far they went into this uh, repentance and that God spared the city from destruction. Uh, Jesus' associates associated ashes with repentance in Matthew eleven twenty one and Luke ten thirteen. So Jesus talked about ashes and sackcloth. So it's been around for a long, long time. 
So who was the first person to decide to put ashes on their forehead on Ash Wednesday? Uh, I don't know. That's kind of like asking who was the first person to eat an oyster. It had to be someone. I don't know the answer to the oyster question, um, but I do know a little bit about who the first recorded person was to do ashes on their forehead. It goes all the way back to the year 960, and it, it's, this is a re first recorded time of people putting ashes on their forehead. And what they did was they took the branches from the previous year's Palm Sunday, and they burned them, and they marked their foreheads with ashes, with a sign of a cross, in repentance and in preparation for the season of Lent. It's tradition. Yes, it's tradition. But it's tradition that is rooted in both the Old and New Testaments. And we do it today. More importantly, why are we in Gadsden, Alabama doing it today, gathered here tonight on this Ash Wednesday? Um, a number of reasons. But mostly, I like to think of Ash Wednesday as like gathering in an airport terminal or maybe a, a bus or a train station. We're gathered together because we're all about to take a journey. We're about to take a 40-day journey, and we're about to trace the steps of Jesus as he started his journey in the desert. In the desert, in the wilderness, it's hot and dry. It's not hot and dry where we are, but still... The desert was a place where Jesus learned about himself. It was kind of the crucible for him. And so that's going to be what our journey is about. So this journey for us is a time of reflection. It's time for us to learn a little bit more about who we are. Uh, Frederick Buechner wrote that Jesus went into the wilderness to find out what it meant to be Jesus. Because you see, I, I think that, that from the time of the, the desert, the wilderness, to the time that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, that Jesus was coming more and more to understand who he was and what his mission was, what his purpose, what his calling was. And I think we can still, no matter how young or how old we are, we can still take advantage of this time to learn more about ourselves. Like, like wiping a mirror, right? If you get out of a mirror and it's fogged up and you take a towel and you wipe the mirror, you start to see yourself more clearly the more you wipe. So I want to encourage you to take time during these 40 days to, to wipe the mirror, to intentionally think about, uh, about who you are in Christ, what, what uh, he means to you, what, what God means to you. Maybe take some time to intentionally turn off the many screens that we have in our lives. To turn your phone face down, to close that laptop, to turn the radio off, to take the pods out of your ears, and to reflect on who you are and what God is calling you to do. Socrates famously said, the unexamined life is not worth living. I don't know if I want to go that far, but I will say that self-reflection and self-examination is very, very important. That's what Zacchaeus did in the scripture that we read tonight from Luke chapter 19. Uh, he got a glimpse of himself and he got it when 
Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree because I'm coming to your house tonight. You know, he heard what everybody was saying, right? He heard everybody grumbling and complaining that Jesus was going to a sinner's house to eat. And, you know, Zacchaeus saw his own reflection. He knew that he was a sinner. And yet Jesus wanted to come to his house anyway. And so when we, through this season of Lent, see our own reflection, we're going to kind of see the same thing. That yes, like Zacchaeus, we're sinners too. And yes, still like Zacchaeus, Jesus wants to come to our house anyway. So when we see that reflection this season of Lent, maybe we can just say that to ourselves. I'm a sinner. That's kind of what this mark means. I'm a sinner. And yet at the same time, Jesus wants to come to my house anyway. And that changes everything. That changes everything. So this is a a journey of reflection, and it's also a journey of repentance. Well, we know that. We've heard that. If you come to an Ash Wednesday service, you expect repentance to be a part of that, and, and the ashes on the forehead is a sign of repentance. The Hebrew word for repentance in the Old Testament has to do with sorrow and regret and turning back to God and letting God restore. It's it's not just a feeling, though. It's, it's an action. It's a, it's a verb. It's an action word. In the New Testament, it's the Greek word metanoia, and it, it just literally means to change one's mind. But after changing one's mind, to turn and to change one's direction. It's like an attitude adjustment and then a U-turn. It's like I've been going my way and trying to do things my way and now I'm going to change my mind and change my heart and change my direction and turn and do it God's way instead. So we do the reflection part and then we do the repenting part. We have a change of heart, we have a change of mind, and we have a change of direction. What do we repent of? Well, we need God's help with that. What in our attitudes needs adjustment? We need to prayerfully ask God to help us to to understand. Otherwise, repentance is just a word. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I think about repentance, I I think of of some wild-eyed person standing on the corner shouting at traffic to repent. And it seems kind of scary. If not, it seems a little bit depressing. Um, But really, it's... It's soul building. Repentance is is not just soul building, it's hopeful. It reminds us that we don't have to continue down a, a path that is destructive. We don't have to keep doing things the same way we've always done them. With God's help, we can change our mind. With God's help, we can change our direction. I can say the words to God and to others I have hurt and say it from the heart, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we reflect during this season, during these 40 days. Maybe you want to keep a journal, a special journal during these 40 days. But then we don't stop there. We move on to repentance. And it's more than just saying I'm sorry. We move on to the next step, which is Zacchaeus, what Zacchaeus did. We look at what we're going to do after we've said I'm sorry. So Zacchaeus said, Lord, look, I give half of my goods away to the poor. And if I've taken anything 
from anybody by false accusation, I'm going to restore it to them fourfold. So the journey is about reflection and about repentance. And then it's restoration time. Look, Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, we're told in Luke 19. He was working with the Romans to collect taxes from his own people. And in Luke 19, verse 2, it says Zacchaeus was rich. Now, we know there's nothing wrong with being rich. But how you got rich, if you were a tax collector, is where it got to be dicey. Because how he got rich was collecting more than was actually due from his own people and then putting in his pocket the extra. He got wealthy by cheating and everybody knew it. That's why tax collectors were so hated. They were hated because they, they were viewed as traitors to their own people. They were hated because they were wealthy at the expense of everybody else. And Zacchaeus saw that. He saw that reflection in Jesus' eyes. He knew that he was a sinner. He truly repented because he didn't just say, I'm sorry. He didn't just change his mind. He changed his direction. He said, I'm, I'm giving half of what I have to the poor. He didn't have to do that. Now, he, it, according to the Old Testament law, was required if he defrauded somebody to pay them back four times, but he volunteered that. Jesus didn't ask him to do that. And he was determined in his heart that he wasn't gonna live that way anymore. He wasn't gonna be that person anymore. He was going to be better going forward. So Zacchaeus knew what he was not gonna do anymore. He wasn't gonna cheat people out of their money anymore. And that's usually what we think about in Lent. We usually think about what we're giving up for Lent. I'm not going to, you know, eat chocolate or I'm not going to do fast food or I'm going to do this or that. So, and then we, we repent. We repent for something in our lives and we receive those ashes or in this case the black sticker and we say, I'm sorry. I don't want to be that anymore. But Zacchaeus said, I'm not only giving up something, I'm taking up something. And that's the restoration part. I'm, I'm going the extra mile. I'm giving up something and I'm also taking up something. I'm taking up the cause of justice. We usually think of Lent as a time to not do something. But I think Zacchaeus reminds us that it's also a time of doing something. That's the other piece of the Lenten puzzle. You might have already decided what you're going to subtract from your life during this season of Lent. But what are you going to add? Would you be willing to add some prayer time? Would you, would you be willing to maybe go to our church website or our church app and see the names on our prayer list and take one of those names a day and hold that person in your prayers for the day? Would you be willing to, to add a, a special time of devotion in addition to what you're already doing? Uh, I have a, a devotion that's being posted every day in the season of Lent on our church app and our church website. Would you be willing to do something like that? Would you be willing to engage in Bible study for these six weeks uh, in one that we already are doing or maybe a new one that's being offered?
Would you give of your time? Would you be willing to add uh, some volunteer time maybe to something that we're doing with, with church and mission or to another one of your favorite charities? Would you be willing to, to add some inconvenience to your life and call someone who can't get out and offer to pick up something or to cook a meal for them? Would you do one act of kindness a day for the next 40 days? So tonight, it's a good time for us to wipe the mirror and reflect about who we are. Because, you know, we're all sinners. We're all like Zacchaeus. We're all in need of Jesus. And so we repent. That's what these black dots will symbolize. They'll They'll symbolize the mark of our repentance. We'll say, I'm sorry to God and maybe even to somebody else that we've hurt. But after we've said, I'm sorry, let's not forget. Let's not forget to be restored. You see, that's my favorite part of the story. Oh, I like the wee little man crawling up in the sycamore tree part. But my favorite part of the story of Zacchaeus is when Jesus calls him down and after he says, I'm going to do this, Lord, Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to your house. He announces to everybody, this man also is a son of Abraham. So what is so cool about that is Zacchaeus is restoring to the people that he's cheated, right? And now Jesus is restoring Zacchaeus to his own community. He's saying, you don't have to be the hated tax collector anymore because you too are a son of Abraham. You are a part of this community like everything, everybody else. And who knows? We don't know the story of Zacchaeus after that, but who knows what wonderful things Zacchaeus might have done after that day. And tonight, as we mark this beginning of this journey and we resolve in our hearts to spend these next 40 days in reflection and repentance and restoration, who knows what wonderful things God will do in our lives after this night? Let's pray. Gracious God, help us to pause long enough to be still long enough to get a glimpse of who we are, that we are beautiful because you have made us, but that we are fallen and we are in need of a savior. Help us, Lord, to see ourselves honestly and know the areas in our lives that need an adjustment, a change of direction, the places where we need to repent. And then, Lord, after we've resolved that in our heart and we've said to you and to others, I'm sorry, after that, Lord, help us to take that next step to restore and to be restored. And we ask all of this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. And now for you gathered here, uh, I want you to, to join with me as we...
place these signs of repentance. If we were gathered shoulder to shoulder at the altar and if we were placing, Pastor Andy and I were placing the ashes on your head, what we would say to you and what I will say to you now is, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. And I would also say to you, the steadfast love of God endures forever. Would you join me as we sing our, our closing hymn? Uh, let's stand together and sing another one of, one of my favorite hymns, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, number 369 in the hymnal. Let's stand together. Jesus is mine, oh what a foretaste. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>